Hey, life insurance agents, you're listening to the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast, where we provide the tools to help you grow a more profitable life insurance business by selling online and over the phone from anywhere with an internet connection. Even if you're alone in your quest to build your life insurance business, just know that there's a community of life insurance agents at SellTermLife.com, connecting and helping each other grow their businesses from home offices, coffee shops, and beaches all across the nation. Welcome to episode number 35 of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Root, and today we'll be speaking with the owner of the Independent Life Insurance Agent Association and a good friend of mine, Nick Perry. So we'll be covering the top questions that we're getting from newer agents with some actionable advice. So this includes a discussion on working high-risk cases and the problem of not having enough leads and what to do about it. And we'll also cover the pros and cons of taking advances and assigning commissions, and also when to use no-exam life insurance versus fully underwritten coverage. So we'll be bouncing from topic to topic, but there's some really good, actionable discussion if any of you are struggling with those topics just mentioned. But first, if you like what you hear and are listening in iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review. Also, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to use the Send Voicemail tab over at SellTermLife.com. You'll be able to record a voicemail, and we'll make sure to cover your questions on a future podcast. All right, so today we have Nick Perry, founder of the Independent Life Insurance Agent Association over at iliaa.org, and we've known each other for over, I believe, four years now, and I was just in his neck of the woods a few months ago, and we had a few drinks and talk shop, and we decided I needed to get him on the podcast. (laughs) Anyway... Nick is one of the good guys in the industry and truly gives more than he receives. He knows his stuff and has been training agents for years. All right, welcome to the podcast, Nick. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Let's start off by just giving us a little background about yourself and what you do over at the Independent Life Insurance Agents Association. I think it's iliaa.org, right? Right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, we are, you can kind of think of us as an IMO without the contracts. Uh, we don't do any sort of contracting, we don't do any sort of recruiting, but we do our best to provide support, training, and general assistance to our member agents. Uh, your membership over there is 20 bucks a month, join up with us, and if you have your high-risk cases that you're not quite sure how to place, so you're having trouble getting your wheels turning as far as prospecting and lead generation, or, or you just kind of need some general post-licensing training or support beyond what you're getting now, we, uh, we're there to help. Awesome. So I know that you guys do most of your stuff through recorded webinars and recorded training sessions, and you have them all archived. So how many do you have right now on demand? How, how many would you guess here? I'd have to go in and take a count. I know the last time I looked, I think we had around 150, and we've, grown, we've definitely grown since then. So my, I'm going to take a wild guess and say we've got about 175 up there right now. But we do a, a new live webinar and record it every week and add it in. So that's, that number's just going to keep growing. Awesome. Yeah, whenever a newer agent contacts me, I always refer them to your association because of all your on-demand content where they can kind of get up to speed on on products, on prospecting, and, and stuff that's going on in the industry right now. So. Oh, you're making me blush. I'm glad we're not on video. <laughs> so I have a community centered around online marketing for life insurance and selling over the phone. And you have a membership site, an association, you know, centered around product knowledge and prospecting and, and helping with, you know, higher risks and so on. And I thought it'd be a great idea if we could kind of chat about the common questions newer agents come to us 
with and, you know, provide possible solutions. So I know you and I had an email conversation kind of spitballing, you know, what these would be. Let's go over them right now. So uh, problem number one we're seeing here is high risk cases in field underwriting. It, it seems that while most IMOs, you know, provide access to field underwriting guides and resources, many agents are struggling with quoting their cases correctly. So how do you typically respond and how can you help out with, with this uh, problem? Yeah, it's a big one, and it comes up a lot. And if you're selling over the phone primarily, it's even worse because every time you get a question from somebody, you know, they've got, they had a heart attack or they got high blood pressure and you don't know how to handle it, and you have to answer with, I don't know, but I can find out, you're kind of hoping, like, heck, they pick up the phone again the next time and that you can still convert them into a sale after you've done the research. Yeah, seriously. And, and like you said, even though we've got these underwriting guides and all this stuff that's out there, it's an overwhelming amount of information. And for a new agent, it can be really tough to, to kind of sum up a person's health history all at once and figure out, okay, what do I do? So there's three questions I like to ask any, any new client when I'm trying to just get a real broad stroke overview of their health history. Uh, and, and it's going to knock out 90% of your underwriting questions right away. You've been to the hospital in the past 10 years. You've been to the doctor for anything other than a physical or a cold or a flu or just general aches and pains in the last 10 years. And are you taking any prescription medications? And those three questions together, obviously you're going to need a little bit more detail before everything is all said and done. But those three questions together are going to give you so much information about that client's personal health history and where they're at now. And they're going to give you, more importantly, the information you need to start eliminating carriers from your kind of mental Rolodex right away. Like as soon as you hear somebody say, I have, you know, this health problem, you think in the back of your head, okay, I know this carrier doesn't really care for folks with that health problem. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, that overwhelming amount of information you've got to go through gets a little bit smaller. Narrowing it down using that field underwriting at first, I think, is the most important step. And then if you can handle what, you know, the, the five most common underwriting issues that you run into in the field, and it's going to be high cholesterol or blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and cancer, you're going to be in decent shape. Yeah. So, you know, with, with each of those five quick, quick things to remember about them, high cholesterol and high blood pressure, what's the height and weight look like, and do we have it controlled with medication? Typically, if we've got things under control, our insurance carriers are going to be pretty happy with us. Yeah, no, that's a really good framework. I've never even thought about it, about just, you know, getting the, the most common risks and kind of getting a handle on all those. I mean, you'll still run into edge cases. You know, you'll, yeah. you'll you, like I said, this is your 90% knockout. I had a guy one time tell me that he, he had uh, had an active tuberculosis infection. Number one, I was kind of upset that we were doing a face-to-face sale. Number two, I had no idea how to field underwrite that because it certainly doesn't come up, you know, in, 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 in the five most common underwriting circumstances. But, yeah. uh, but still, but, you know, if you, if you get on that list, you know, you can, you know, like we say, well, you say, say someone's had a heart attack or a stroke. The main thing you want to know for this type of person, heart attack or stroke, how long ago did it happen? Because you immediately want to think in your mind, what kind of look back period are we talking about? Mm-hmm. If it was 12 months ago, all right, we're, well, final expense is pretty much our only option. It was maybe five or ten years ago, and we've got some some more options opening up to us. Ten to twenty years ago, we've got a lot more options opening up to us. Right. So you know that that uh, that look back period is going to be a big thing there. And same with diabetes and cancer. Time to diagnosis, treatment method, management method, and especially with cancer, stage and grade of cancer. Yeah, if you can get these pieces of information 
that's going to handle 90% of what you're trying to do in terms mm-hmm. of field underwriting. And it's going to narrow down the type of the information that you got to quote unquote cross reference to make a good decision about where to place your client. Absolutely. And, and to add to that, I mean, some of the more common impairments and there's a tool called x-ray. Are you familiar with it? Yes. I love x-ray. Okay. Yeah. So x-ray is X R A E. That's how you spell it. But you know, it's not a hundred percent accurate, you know, all the time, but, but most of the time it is. So, you know, with this tool, you can enter in your client's information, including, like you said, blood pressure, cholesterol, or any of those minor health impairments and the more common ones. So, you know, it's a good tool for those single impairments, I think. And where x-ray falls short is a dual impairments. And I know they support dual impairments, but it's not that great of a tool when it comes to that. But for newer agents that are struggling with field underwriting, you know, ask your upline about x-ray. They should be able to provide it for free for you. And I think, I think it's a paid product, too, that you can get on your own. I believe so, yeah. But but you're absolutely right. Ask your upline because that's that's one of those things. You know, your upline's making money when they when you write business for them, so they they ought to be spending it uh, reinvesting some infrastructure and, and earning it. And uh, hopefully, that's a tool that can be available for you. Absolutely. And uh, another, you know, quick tip too: if you get those more complicated cases, you know, ask your upline about you know quick quotes. So those there's these quick quote email addresses where you can email an underwriter at a carrier for pre qualification. So. You know, I know a lot about high risk life insurance and all this, you know, all these common impairments, and I still send these quick quotes regularly. So make sure you ask your upline about those quick quote email addresses as well. So you can you can actually hear directly from the horse's mouth, directly from the underwriter on how these cases and how these risks are viewed. And, and I would say too, you know, going on that, you can do that with, with quick quotes. You can do that it's more informally, even if you're just not sure and you don't want to go to the trouble of having a quick quote email. A lot of these carriers, not all of them. But a lot of them, if you pick up the phone and call their underwriting department, they're mm-hmm. happy to talk to you over the phone and give you a real informal pre-screen right then and there without any, you know, any formal offers made or any personally identifying information being exchanged. Absolutely, and that can be a really quick way just to figure out, you know, if someone's going to be a fit somewhere or not. And if they are going to be a fit, you're going to uh, have a very good idea of what kind of rating they're going to get as well. Because, you, like you said, you got to straighten the horses now. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, cool. Let's let's go into problem number two here that we're seeing. Not enough leads or people to talk to. So, you know, obviously this is a problem for most agents out there and the biggest pain point in most life insurance agents' businesses. So how do you go about helping agents who don't have enough people to talk to? You know, and I know you guys have a lot of prospecting webinars and strategies, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like you said, it's the, it's the struggle that every agent faces at first. You, you sit down, you, get, you do your pre-licensing course, you learn all about insurance, you learn all about the Taft-Hartley Act. You go take your licensing exam, get your contract set up, and then, then what do you do? Eighty percent of your time from there, you know, is not really spent talking about life insurance. Eighty percent of your time is finding people who want to talk to you about whatever product you're selling, life insurance, cancer insurance, whatever. Eighty percent of your time as a new agent is going to be prospecting of some sort. So the important thing is to realize that this is not a problem that's ever going to go away. You are going to need leads five years from now, just as much as you need leads tomorrow. So, number one, you got to lay your foundation early. I know you're big on on building a website and you're getting your social media presence up. I listened to one of your webinars or podcasts rather uh, earlier today with I think it was uh, Jason about ranking on Bing. Yeah, stuff like that has to be done early, early on because yeah, you might not generate a lead or two from that website tomorrow. Those are going to be the leads that that are that keep you in business six months, yep. nine months, twelve months from now. I know we're talking a lot about 
selling over the phone, and I know most of your audience is focused on selling over the phone, I am still, even though I like to sell over the phone myself, I am still a big fan of going out and doing a little bit of face-to-face networking. If nothing else, look up your local Toastmasters group. Uh, it's, it's some professional networking you can do. You're going to be in a room full of other professionals. The, the whole point of Toastmasters is to learn to speak more clearly and to communicate your ideas more fluently without all the odds and odds and errors and ohms and ohms that Jeff is kindly editing out for me as we go along. And it's great because you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. you got a captive audience. It's a dozen people who are they're all there for the same reason. They all want to get better at speaking, and so they're going to hang on your every word. Mm-hmm. They might not be your clients, and they might not buy insurance from you, but they're going to listen to you, and they're going to listen real close to you, and they're going to give you real honest feedback about the way you're speaking and about the way you're presenting yourself, and it will, I guarantee you, it will turn you into a more confident, better presenter. Uh-huh. I, I 100% agree. We're, uh, you know, I've learned from my years of experience in this business is that we're in the relationship business and you need to build these relationships. You need to be able to communicate clearly what you do, how you can help people. And if you're able to do that, and and you and I, I'm sure we both agree on this, most agents cannot communicate clearly exactly what they do. They're winging it for for the most part on almost almost every conversation they have about life insurance. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I would say, too, that a lot of agents, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. So many agents are going out there and they're winging it. And you, you can't think of yourself like that. you got to, I'm going to steal a, a Jay-Z lyric here, and I apologize for how appropriate that is, but you're not a businessman. You're a business man. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Let me handle my business, damn. You, you're not just some Did agent. you just bring Jay-Z like, to this podcast? <laughs> uh, yes, I, it's necessary. <laughs> you are more than just an independent agent. You are your accounting department. You are your sales staff. You are your HR team. You are everything. So you've got to treat everything you do as though you're a business. If you don't have enough leads, what's the real root cause of that? Is it a problem in the sales department, not converting the leads that are coming in and not getting referrals from these leads that we're talking to? Is it a problem in the marketing department? You know, do we not have the marketing budget we need? Are we not tracking the marketing dollars we spend versus the commission dollars that we get back in so that we can determine our return on investment? Because if we don't do that, then we have no idea where to spend marketing dollars in our most profitable way. you got to isolate the problem. If you don't have leads, you're obviously you're in a bad spot. You're doing yeah. something wrong. You, you, you and, don't have a business if you don't have leads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the solution, which I can't tell you how many times we get calls from people who are like, I don't have any leads. And because I don't have any leads, I don't have any commissions. So I need to generate some free sales. I mean, if I could just sit at my desk and generate free sales all day long, I'd be way too busy sitting here printing the, the go button on my magic money machine to record podcasts. Yeah. I, I could just never stop doing that. You've got to go out there and you've got to dig them out of the dirt. And just like any other business, you're never going to make a profit and make savings by you know turning off your open sign to save save on your electric bill. Mm-hmm. You got to have you got to treat yourself as a business. You got to treat the marketing aspect of what you do as a business, and you got to have a steady marketing plan. That's one thing that we talk about with new agents really consistently as they come in you know, come into the association. Is, is ditch the idea that you're a salesperson and that you're going to be going door to door or whatever it is you think you're going to be doing. Ditch that idea. You're a business owner. What is your business plan 
and your marketing plan mm -hmm. for your business. And the success rate in people that take that philosophy versus those that don't, I mean, it's super apparent. Everything you're saying is exactly what I say to other agents. I frame it just like that, that you know we're self-employed and you need to treat your life insurance business as a real business. The end goal should be a predictable lead or referral machine. You know, you shouldn't have to be networking or cold calling for your next sale. That's not a business. Selling those one-off policies, like you said, and asking for referrals isn't predictable. In a few bad months, can put you in a in a really bad situation. So, you know, in in those situations where people are like, "Oh, I don't have anybody to talk to," I you know, I I need a free sale, like you just you just mentioned. You don't have anything unique or valuable if you're struggling for your next sale. Everything you should be doing should be centered around building a predictable lead or referral machine. That could be anything from, you know, referral partnerships or internet marketing or some sort of investing in your business. So like you, my advice to agents is to start thinking about your life insurance business as a lead and referral machine, you know, strategize and execute on how you're going to build that because this is a business and that's how businesses are run. Hey, man, and you know, something you said that kind of struck a chord with me, because it, it's a conversation, like you said, you've had with a lot of new agents, and that we, you know, that we had too, and, and it's one, there's a phrase that I like to use, I call it speed bump marketing, and it's what new agents do when they they take all the money they have, you know, they, they think, okay, I've saved up $1,000 worth of marketing money, so they spend $1,000 worth of marketing money, and then they sit, and they wait for leads to come in, and then a batch of leads come in, and they work really hard and work all the leads. And then nothing happens for a little bit. And then some commission checks come in. And then they use those commission checks to generate some more leads. And then they sit and they wait for them to come in. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just stop and go and stop and go. And you just hit speed bump and speed bump and speed bump. You can't just do that. You can't just dump all of your marketing dollars into one basket from the start. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important, just like you said, to have a consistent and repeatable marketing plan. Not right. just something... You can do one off and oh my god, I hope this sticks because if it does, I'm I'm in a good space spot in this And if it doesn't, I really can't pay the rent next month. Yeah, you want something consistent, just like you said. All right, so let's move on to problem number three. Unless you had anything to add? No, but I'm excited about problem number three because I think we accidentally made a really good segue. <laughs> All right, so problem number three that we came up with: Should you take advances or go as earned? So, what are your thoughts on that for a newer agent? Practically speaking, as a newer agent today, I know it's tough to get started without advances. But think about what we just said about speed bump marketing. Going on advances lends yourself to speed bump marketing because it's inconsistent commission flow that pops in as you write business. And if you stop writing your business, your flow stops. If you're a geek, you know, maybe you've heard of the Red Queen hypothesis. You just got to run as fast as you can to stay in one place. And, and, and that, to me, is a situation a lot of folks end up uh, on when they go on advances. Taking business as earned, it, it's tougher. They, you know, there's no doubt about that. And it's way less exciting to get a commission check for $45 instead of 450 But it's really exciting to see them start build on themselves and to see it start growing and to see it start becoming more and more consistent. One thing I would suggest, you know, if you're a brand new agent and you absolutely cannot get this launch without advances, I understand. I've been there. But when you get a couple of those decent sized cases that come in, you know, premiums are 7,500, 150, maybe a little bit more each month. 
you can take cases one-off as earned. Just tell your insurance carrier, hey, I, I, I'd rather have the commission on this and pay it as earned. And a lot of times I'll work with you on that. Advances are a great way to launch a career, but I don't think they're a great way to have a consistent career. Mm-hmm. And if you really got to start with them, you can, you can start with them, but there is still a way to kind of ease off of them like that. Yeah. I mean, I think newer agents have to take advances. I don't see how you can make a livable income without taking them, you know, unless you have some other income or a decent nest egg. You know, once you've been consistently producing for a year, you know, that remaining 25% of that 75% advance um, that companies give you will start adding up. So you basically are, you know, kind of getting the as earned effect in months 10, 11, and 12 of those policies. So, you know, and the thing is not all companies offer advances. So you're kind of forced to go as earned with a lot of carriers anyway. (laughs) So even if you take advances, you'll get a mix of the as earned in there to kind of get you, you know, to that consistency that you're, you're talking about. And and I agree with you. What you said is is a brand new agent. And unless you have got nine months of, and remember you're a businessman, not just a businessman, unless you've got nine months of both living and marketing expenses in the banks, I mean, you, you're not, you're, you might be undercapitalized as far as starting a business. And, and just like you said, advances probably going to be necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't talk to a lot of people. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, since we started the association five, five or six years ago, I can't even recall it off the top of my head, that I have not talked to anybody who is thinking about becoming an independent insurance agent who has nine months of marketing and living expenses just sitting in the bank. So yeah. practically speaking, heck yeah, I totally agree. You've got to go on advances to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, your goal, you know, your goal should be to get off of them eventually. And then there's a, there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, but one thing you mentioned about advances, I think it's really important for new agents to understand, is that not every carrier offers advances. But sometimes your upline, you know, the person, your IMO, the person you contract with, they will offer you advances out of your own pocket for that particular carrier. You know, it's a situation where your upline is giving you an advance rather than the carrier themselves giving you an advance. And typically what your upline requests in exchange for something like that is that you assign your commissions to them. Mm-hmm. Now, assignment of commissions, you know, the whole big thing. And, and you know, I, we, I don't think anybody wants to listen to my soapbox rant about that. But this is really, in my opinion, about the only time, this is the short version of my soapbox rant, this is the only time where I really think that it's appropriate to assign commissions is when your upline is you know, advancing you out of their own pocket. Uh, it limits your mobility. It limits your freedom. It, lim- it basically is telling your insurance company to give your paycheck to somebody else, and they're good for it from there. But if you got to get started and you absolutely need those advances, the A, that may be an option for you, and B, when you're signing your contracts, just keep an eye on them. Make sure that the paperwork you're signing really does reflect what you think it reflects. Make sure that if you're going with a company, you know, like an insurance carrier that offers advances, there's not really no need for you to assign your commissions in a situation like that. So, you know, keep an eye out and just make sure that, that everything in your contract and paperwork lines up kind of as it should. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I can actually think of one more situation where assigning commissions makes sense. And... That's if you have an agency providing you all your leads at no cost and you literally have no skin in the game financially, you know, for for agents trying to get off the ground. It's how I started in the business working at a life insurance call center where I assigned all my commissions and they paid me, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25% commissions advanced. But, you know, I'm not the agent of the policy. I was assigning 
owes assigning commissions. So yeah, that, that's just another instance where assigning commissions, you know, makes makes sense as well. So good, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And and there aren't a lot of IMOs that will do that though. I mean, I there's only a handful that I can even think of that are that are doing something like that because it is a lot of risk for the IMO to to do that. It's a lot of risk, and you know, it, it's amazing to see how much business business has changed even just the last few years. I mean, you, you mentioned. 75% advance a couple of minutes ago. And, mm-hmm. I, and th- ever since you said that, I've been kind of going through in my head thinking, wow, you used to be able to get 75% advance. You used to be able to get 100% advances from mm-hmm. just all over the place. And now, man, if you can get a six or nine, if you get a six-month advance, you're doing pretty well. You can get a yeah. nine-month advance, oh, man, you hang on to that. Don't let that go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of carriers are even you have dropped their advances. I remember carriers that used yeah. to advance years ago that don't anymore. So there's definitely some movement going on there as well. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a it's a different world. It's a different different world financially than it used to be in a lot of ways, and and that's why you know too, I think it's so important for for agents to I'm preaching to choir here because you know I'm talking to people that are already listening to your podcast, but for agents to keep up with what's going on in the industry because it changes so quickly, like, yeah, so quickly it can't be overstated. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to problem number four here. The last problem we're coming up with here. And we thought of a lot of problems, actually. We should probably do a second podcast sometime in the future with the other things we thought of. But (laughs) problem number four, when to use non-med coverage and when to use medically underwritten coverage. So there's a lot of different application platforms for non-med coverage. There's a lot of reasons why agents put it in their head, why, oh, it's so expensive and it's, you know, there's all these limits on it. So what's your advice here when talking to agents about when to use non-med coverage and, and fully underwritten coverage? I really strongly believe in the value of life insurance. And I believe that at the end of the day, regardless of whatever other circumstances may come into the equation, it's better for somebody to have some life insurance than no life insurance. And I know we're talking to folks that that, want to sell over the phone, probably want to do it from home. It's just a fact. It's easier to sell non-med stuff over the phone than it is to sell medically underwritten stuff over the phone. Yep. Now, this med- medically underwritten is t- you know, tends to be cheaper. That's true. It's a little bit you know, longer underwriting process. And you have a pair We all know what medically underwritten coverage is. We don't have to explain that. Non-med stuff, it's it's quicker issue. You get it done, done over the phone. It's a little bit more transactional. It's a little bit more quick-hitting. And then you're done. And then your client has insurance. And then... You know, you can follow up on their birthday and you can follow up on holidays and you can make them a client for life and you can talk to them later about, you know, hey, if you want to ever switch up your coverage, you know, we can have that discussion. But I love leading with non-med coverage mm-hmm. because it's such an easy option for clients. We can be, I can be out of your hair for good in 45 minutes. Yeah. We will get this policy over into the insurance carrier's hands. You will get your coverage. You need me. You call me. Otherwise, I'm not going to bug you. Love it. And if they start to balk at the price, hey, we've still got non you know, our medically underwritten to fall back on. Well, you know, if you think this is a little bit expensive, we can we can take a look at a medically underwritten policy and you may take a little bit longer and we may have to do this, this and this. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's gonna save you however many dollars a month. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched King of the Hill, which was one of my favorite shows, I should be embarrassed to admit. <laughs> no, I, I have watched, I know what it is. <laughs> So maybe, so maybe you've seen the episode. It's a piece of uh, advice that Hank gives to his son Bobby, and when he goes to a diner with one of his clients and orders his uh, client a piece of apple pie, Bobby says, "Oh, let's get it, let's get it out of the mode." And Hank says, "No, oh, 
you got to hold something back, son, just in case. So start off with the non-med. You know, it's okay. It's a little bit more expensive. That's okay. It's going to be quicker to issue. We've got a good chance of getting a sale here. We've got a good chance of getting somebody a product they need and coverage they need and making everybody happy. And if, and if they start balking at price, we've still got our Alamode. We've still got our scoop of ice cream. We can still say, hey, I'll scoop 50% off the, or 15 rather, percent off the price. We'll do a paramed. We'll, and we'll go that route if that makes you happier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said about non-med coverage, about, you know, basically being inventory in the future too. You can, it gives you a reason to call that client back in a year, two years, three years to bring down the cost of their coverage. And for that reason, you know, if you look at it that way, it's a good way of building inventory. A lot of agents have trouble recommending it because it's more expensive. So, you know, I'm a fan of recommending non-med coverage. I wrote this down uh, knowing we we're going to talk about this. And this is what I tell every agent in this situation in three situations. Number one, when your prospect has no coverage in force, like they are an absolute newbie to buying life insurance. I will always give a non-med option and a fully underwritten option as well. And you won't get the non-med sell every time, but if you don't mention it, you'll never get it. So many agents don't even bring up no exam life insurance because of the fear of losing out to another agent based on cost. And I totally believe in the opposite. Most agents are losing clients because they aren't bringing up no medical exam life insurance. So you'll be surprised how many people who have never owned life insurance will opt for the more expensive no exam option. That's just really attractive to some people to just get it out of the way. It's just something I always push other agents on when they say that, oh, it's too expensive. I believe it's the complete opposite. So another situation is when you haven't seen a doctor in two to five years. So every time I qualify someone's health, and just like you say, in the initial qualification, we were talking about the field underwriting. You know, I, I always ask him when their last doctor's visit was, if it was over two years ago, I immediately know I'm going to offer non-med along with a fully underwritten quote. You know, I position it by instilling some sort of doubt in taking a medical exam. You know, if, if you haven't had any lab work done in two years, there may be some minor issues you don't know about that can increase your life insurance rates. So you know, I, I position it that way. And Gosh, that's, a, that's a great point. That, I, you know, I have, I have lost clients personally because I suggested, you know, medically underwritten coverage to them right out of the gates. And they, I know when they hadn't seen a doctor in ages. Mm-hmm. And their paramed comes back and their blood work is just absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 nobody ever saw it coming. I mean, you know, thank goodness we got the, got the client to the doctor and they're, you know, they're feeling better now. But anyway, we didn't make the sale. They still don't have the insurance. We still got problems on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I say up to up to two to five years because most no exam companies, you know, ask if you've seen a doctor in the past five years, and it's usually a knockout question if it's been over five years. So if they're within that realm of when they've seen a doctor, like I always recommend it. And, and, and even if, you know, they want to take the fully underwritten policy, I still say, hey, let's get this non-med coverage in force, and then we'll just cancel it if the uh, fully underwritten comes back just as we expected. So it's just a good way to make sure you at least – you know, get some sort of coverage in force with your prospects. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's way better than doing it the other way around, you know, applying for the medically underwritten first, getting that decline or that rating on record, and then trying to apply for the non-med stuff. You made your life so much harder. Though. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and obviously, if clients need coverage quick, like for a loan or one of those court-mandated policies for a divorce decree, you know, situations like uh-huh. those, always non-med if you can. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, on, and on things like that, you know, if, it, if it's life insurance, not to you, I don't know a good way to phrase it really, but if it's life insurance that people really don't quote unquote want, 
like, you know, it's part of a divorce decree or it's court mandated. I always like to throw a, a return of premium quote in there as well. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, hey, you don't really want this stuff in the first place. Why don't you get all your money back when the term's up? Sometimes like it. it resonates with, with people. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but sometimes it does. You'll never know if you don't ask. And when it does hit, those ROP premiums, you know, they're a little bit higher. Yeah. A little bit better. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Good idea. So, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I've been actually meaning to get you on for some time now. And, uh, for anyone who is looking for, you know, just kind of a archive of life insurance product knowledge and, you know, on-demand webinars and product training, prospecting, at least give them a try. I think you have a three-day free trial, right? Yeah, there is. You, know, you can you can come check us out if you visit us at iliaa.org. On the front, very front page, there's a couple of our webinars we have posted up there for free just so you can kind of get a feel for the sort of training we have and then you can join up either if you want to you know, want to go on and join up as a full member. Don't let us stop you. Uh, but there is a free three-day trial that you can get in there, just kind of poke around, see if the site's for you. you know, in addition to the training and the support, we do offer discounts on things like leads and data, uh, divers, you know, good stuff like that, Arizona missions insurance, you know, th- things agents tend to need and use. Uh, and we also like to, uh, as, as we've mentioned a couple of times on the webinar or on the podcast here, uh, focus our training in on things that as new agents are really going to be useful to you in launching a career and getting you where you want to be. Cool. And how much is it again to join? It's uh, once that three, three day trial is up, it's going to be 1995 a month. Uh, if you want to pay annually, it's 200 bucks a year. That's nothing. You need to charge more Nick. <laughs> Seriously. You know, the funny thing is, and I'm, I'm, this, this sounds like me being a salesman. I promise I'm not. It's just, it's just, a, just how the numbers work. If, if you take, advantage of, of any of the discounts we offer that that 1995 is just offset almost right away i mean the membership okay. I, we really do feel like the pays for itself so give it a try cool all right and i'm going to link to the iliaa.org in the show notes over at selltermlife.com so click there and we'll most likely have nick on a future podcast again nick thanks so much for for coming on here oh thank you jeff i had a great time And now for a peek into our community of life insurance agents over at SellTermLife.com, here are some of this week's hot topics. So this week in the community, there's a case study about leveraging aged domains to give you a head start in ranking your life insurance website. So there's a few life insurance websites out there that came out of nowhere into the top of the search engines for some really good life insurance terms that are high trafficked by a lot of consumers. And we dig into exactly how those agents got there utilizing aged domains. So we also have this ongoing bragging thread in the community. It's the second most viewed thread and it's really good for motivation where we just throw humbleness out the door and brag about stuff that's happening in our business. So there's things like closing six-figure premium cases and submitting nine applications in a day, you know, all the way to generating your first internet lead. And that first internet lead brag happened last week, and it is one of my favorites. And I love it because it's someone who started without a website, and a few months in, he's generating his own leads you know, by self-teaching himself what we're showing in the community and the podcast and just going out and using the resources out there you know, to generate uh, leads. And there's a lot of agents doing this, and to see that brag, it, it, it was a good one for me. So I also posted a very in-depth guide to using Facebook ads. Right now, Facebook ads are the cheapest paid traffic source you can find 
to generate niche life insurance leads. You can tear through this course that I posted over a few days and be well on your way to generating your own leads. To join the conversation and discover how you can use modern techniques to sell more life insurance, work more efficiently, and on your own terms, head over to SellTermLife.com. We'll see you back next Thursday morning for another value-packed episode of the Modern Life Insurance Selling Podcast.